Oh, we're going? Okay. Yeah. What is up, bums? How are you guys doing today? You are here with the struggling bums. It's good to hear from you guys or see from you guys because like, we're recording this on video. Yeah. So hopefully maybe YouTube. Is that what yeah. we're thinking with yeah. this? I mean, a lot of these episodes that we're recording in the new year, especially like May, June, really aim to get them on YouTube. All right. I'm glad I wore a Rams shirt. Let people know the best team in California. Um, I guess that just not funny anymore because Raiders aren't here anymore. Yeah. Dang yeah. it. All right. Whatever. Hey, bums. Please check out our Instagram, T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S. Also, check out our website, strugglingbums.com. Um, I'm horrible about posting blogs. Eddie's the MVP there. But <laughs> no, dude, I, I also miss June, so. But, you know, we wouldn't be the struggling bums if we didn't struggle. So, you know, that's how we know you're, so you know we're keeping it real with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, for you guys that don't know, Eddie, do you want to tell them where we're at, kind of? Yeah, yeah. So, there's definitely, uh, you know, on our Instagram, we'll probably post a little pic, couple more pictures of us up there. And even one of our, one of our photos of our buddy that we took last night was so we're in la um and specifically we're in the orange county tustin area uh he flew in for a wedding one of the boys coop he's been on the podcast probably the most of all guests he's been a four or five episodes he's yeah been on, shout out to the uh happily married edwards family now yeah. yes sir uh so they got married recently um so bryce flew in for that i was going to be here for my brother's birthday as well as uh, our usual fourth of july shenanigans that goes down in the connell family so we're like all right let's link up so we're just vibing and stuff got to meet up with our boy bum one but is it, it bum one or two i always he, mess it up there's a debate between bum one, one and bum one two. two but ryan he's on our star wars yeah. one of our star wars episodes with us uh last night to hang out with him for a bit but yeah, yeah. and we're in uh so it's my uncle's place he's probably the biggest angel fan i know um this is only a piece of all the stuff this is the angel room it's also their office um, and there's plenty of memorabilia uh, for the angels. Goes on the all the different helmets, the hats, the baseballs, pictures they took with Vladimir Guerrero. Um, I'm pretty sure the pictures of Mike Trout, the spring training, um, and all those sorts of stuff. So yeah, special right. location, but bonded together, man. Yeah, missing Daniel. Unfortunately, we're trying to trying to convince him to move to California. Yeah. So something I think you know, we had this episode written up for a while, guys, and I think. And thinking about you know us being together, this would be a great way for you guys to maybe get a better feel again for who we are. Because I think how we answer these questions on philosophy, I don't know if I've said, yeah, this episode is going to be on philosophy. We're just going to be talking about stuff. But this might be a good way for you guys to get a better idea of who we are, how we think, and what we're about, maybe. Um, so with that being said, Eddie, on philosophy, who do you who do you think you who do you think you are as a person, Eddie? Like philosophically speaking. Yeah. By the way, so we're going to talk about philosophical questions, yeah, well, and debates and stuff but, like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, keep in mind, I took one philosophy one on one class. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, big part of that was kind of asking those big questions from more of a spiritual sense than a religious sense, mm. um, which was cool to investigate. Um, but who who I think I am? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so thank you. I mean, I think this is so, as always, movies and TV shows and books is how I love to interpret the world story-wise, which humans have been doing for thousands of years now. But I think one cool thing is I was watching Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World Dominion, uh, the other day, because it came out on Amazon. Oh, so you yeah. watch it there. Okay. So I'm like watching it, and like, for those that have watched it now, it's been out for, what, a year or so now? Well, the girl on the show, you know, you think she's just a clone of the daughter of one of the guys that created Jurassic Park. Um, but when you find out later that she was actually born 
not a clone. Um, and, and she's talking about, I don't even know who I am because I'm just basically a clone of this person. You know, I was really sitting back and thinking about that. I'm like, that's just, yes. Like from a genetic standpoint, you may be nearly identical to the person that they cloned off of, but because of her life experiences and you see this in twin studies, mm -hmm. we had to study this a lot in my undergraduate psychology is life experiences and environmental, um, stuff can bring about different gene expressions that you might not expect. So like certain twins can both be in an abusive household with an alcoholic parent. And one of them is going to come out maybe an alcoholic and one of them is going to rise above that and never drink drop of alcohol. Right. So what do you <clears> think? Their genetics, sorry, in the long term, um, they've done also studies where you see the similarities as they're younger and then they reevaluate some of those later in life and discover how much further away they've gotten from each other. And I think that's always interesting. So who are we? We are a mix and who am I? I am a mix of the genetic base and foundation I received from my parents and my grandparents and on and on, as well as the product of my environment that I grew up in. And we had a good talk about Dale Sal last week when our episode brought on a new guest. Um, and even recently talked about, he asked my parents, well, what, what would you guys have done if not for moving to the Bay and stuff like that? I said, dude, I wouldn't have gone, but I would go to Dale Sal, which I think for me was such a pivotal point in my life. So who am I? I'm a product of my environment with the genetic foundation. So I think that's a great lead way to, how do you feel about the iconic terms of nature versus nurture? Yeah. It's age old debate. I think I, he's sound like nature guy to me. Yeah, no, no, actually I'm, I'm both. I think what like gets misconstrued in that is like, you have to people think it has to be either yeah, or it's yeah. both yeah i agree like it's it's both period like uh, honestly it really is and they work together and yeah all right that's fair yeah oh what do you think, what do you think about that then? yeah so who am i um, yeah you gotta you gotta you can't just ask yeah, 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 yeah so i would say right now i am having a crisis of not feeling like i know who i am at all like right. I, i'm bad about i think for me i keep searching for this uh monumental event that's supposed to help me to find myself you know i think you know growing up and i've talked about it was a very regimented person in that like i think like oh i graduated high school this is who i am a guy that can complete things i can you know conquer school whatever and then graduating college it was a i'm a guy that i can survive college like uh, yeah i can find the willpower to make it through tough things per se so i, I don't know I, I like to just think, I think it's a simple terms, like a kind, caring person, but I think that's just really basic and not maybe I, I want to deep dive more into it. I just, I felt very stuck on my identity and where I'm at, but philosophically speaking, I don't know. I would say, say normal at the moment. I wouldn't say like anything too crazy or special um, to the nature versus nurture. This is a fun one for me because I think for me personally, I'd say like nature 75%, nurture 25%. You feel more that my environment raised me than like my family did. Interesting. I would say it's like a 75, maybe like <clears throat> 60, 40, but I would say at the moment like 75, 25. I mean, I think the perfect example is like I came from Seward, Oklahoma, small town, you know, and I think I have like a lot of ideas on how I thought. I was going to be as a person and how I thought the world would kind of ran. And then when I moved to Oregon and really got exposed to a lot more, I feel like I changed vastly as a person. 
and I not like fundamentally, and I think that's where the nurture, like you get your core per se from me, but from like your family. Nature's genetics, nurture's environment. Okay, I've got it flipped. Yeah, Sorry, Bones. You're good, you're good. My bad. It's the Oklahoma education. I get <laughs> now, um, talked about that in the previous episode. Yeah, you know, but yeah, so nature is like you know forty percent nurture, you know, sixty, and I think I just think you have your core to a certain degree. But then you get exposed to the world and you get to make choices. And I think the the situations I feel like I was putting in my childhood, being in Oklahoma and then even high school in Oklahoma versus the situations I was putting in college or in, the, in Oregon and the West Coast and then meeting different types of people. I just, I don't know, you know, perfect example, there's certain bums um, that think I'm a dick and that's totally fine with me. You know, it is what it is. I think coming up in the area I did, you had to be one a little bit. And I think I, I pushed some of that on how I was treated in my environment. So I don't know. But I think also I wasn't like raised to be one. I think it's one of those you growing up and it's like, what are you going to do kind of situation. But that's how I feel about it. I was going to, I want to dive maybe a little bit deeper before we move on. Yeah. So something I learned in biopsychology was epigenetics which is where we change the way that genes are expressed. Okay. So like what they would do in like these mice studies and stuff like that, or rat studies, whatever it was, um, was they would, they'd be able, okay. So your whole genetic code, right? This is just a summary. And this is also, I don't remember all of it. So I don't want to like too deeply, but summarize it essentially is all of your genes aren't going to express themselves at all times. Right. There's going to be things that are going to be there that are latent, that are a, a quote unquote asleep. Um, and that won't express themselves because you may not have the environmental pressure or other things that cause it to be expressed, right? So epigenetics is a study of being able to turn on those pieces, right, to express themselves. So code switching? <laughs> kind of, almost. Um, but they don't alter the genetic code. Like, we don't, we can't really do that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's like almost sci-fi. But I think eventually people are trying to be able to do that so they can eradicate certain diseases Elon? and things like that. <laughs> I don't even think we have genetically modified organisms, like our own plants and stuff like that. But as far as humans concerned, that so that's a way off. But gene ex epigenetics looks more at the um, expression of genes, some of like that. So I think that's an interesting thing because for me, it's like you get exposed to certain environments, you may react a certain way. You may go your whole life without that exact environment, so you will never express certain behaviors. Yeah. Because of that, so that's why I think it's never going to be like. You may feel that at one point in your life it's 60 40, but it's going to fluctuate to 70 no, 30. It's going to continuously valid. fluctuate all yeah. your life, depending on what things you're exposed to, as well as you know, who you are. Well, well, you know, perfect example of my personal life and everything. Um, you know, I think as we've talked about off camera, your 4th of July is very different from mine growing up. Yeah. And it's like, who would you be if you had, you know, some of the stuff that happened at my fourth of family right. fourth of July versus who would I be? You know, I, you know, I think a common thing that we talk about in college was how nice Eddie is, you know, I mean, you know, besides you being one internally, I'm sure there's an argument that a lot of the environments you're in allowed that to be a thing, you know, you yeah. didn't have to put up a front or anything like that. Yeah. Not saying I had similar, you know, different situations, but I definitely think there's just oh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. A bit. But yeah, I definitely think people that grow up in maybe rougher environments per se, they're not allowed to express that kindness maybe outright. And so 
therefore, you know, change the environment or something like that, maybe they can. Yeah. Well, that's also the topic of <clears throat> resiliency as well that we studied in some science classes where people, it was the, uh, oh, shoot, was it the sunflower versus daffodil? No, that's not it. Oh, there's like two plant terms because one of the plants can grow in almost every environment. Yeah. And one plant can only grow in a supportive environment. Yeah. And so we talked a lot about that. And I feel like in my life, I don't, because I've lived my life, it's hard to say if I would be the one that can grow in any environment, right? To right anybody, point. anybody. Yeah. yeah. But there are a lot of people that can do that. Like there are people that no matter what was going to happen, they probably were going to go along a certain path. Yeah. Granted, I know we can't, we can't really say that for sure, which is why it's so interesting. Bit of a gamble. But a, but a gamble, like we can see that when you look at triplets or twin studies, like there was that famous documentary they did on triplets that got separated at birth ended up coming together and they had so many things still in common despite their different life experiences. So in a lot of ways you could say that that was an expression of the fact that they were still going to have some of those things that were going to take them all the way with different expressions of the genetics as well yeah. as the environment. But I mean, you also have siblings that grow up their entire lives and they are two different, two different people. people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Man. Yeah. It happens. It happens. It's, it's a fascinating thing. I wish we understood it, but the science behind it better. Well, I, I guess sometimes too, we, we kind of understand it, but it's almost a gamble because you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. We might think that if we were to look at people's genetics, like let's say we took Bryce's blood yeah. and we're like, we broke it down. We gave it off to some geneticists and other scientists, right? They would still, I think, I think, by the way, keep in mind, if some of you guys listen to this and you're actual geneticists, or you know people like this or... Come on even Joey, even Joey, if you want to correct us, if we're incorrect here. Come on the show. Yeah, come on the show, first of all, and talk to us. But yeah, tell us we're wrong. But my guess would be we still wouldn't be able to completely predict how you would react to different environments. There's no way. Yeah. That's why twin studies and triplet studies are so cool, because they're so identical that we then get to see what it would be like if they lived in two different environments and see what would happen. Yeah, it's like, in science, you need, what is it called? A constant to be able to conduct experiments. Yeah, and it's you like want to be able to constant. Only in twins and triplets. Or a control study. Controlled yeah. study. Only in twins and triplets can you really get that. Yeah. Even with, even with siblings, like, you're not fully going to get that. Absolutely. Yeah, so, it's such an interesting topic. <clears throat> so, who we are is uh, very dependent on our genetics as well as our environment. And then I will even throw in some of this because of our environment whether or not we're able to make a stand for ourselves or not and decide for our own lives. You know, being, you know, <clears throat> who you are is one thing, but I think what's even more important is what you do. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm curious. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm curious, Eddie, like philosophically speaking, what do you think pushes you to do what you do? Because thoughts are great, but actions are right. where it's, it's done. It's funny because I was thinking about that too from like uh, in general. Uh, when we talk about certain individuals, whether politicians, Petitions or otherwise, it's like, yeah, I might not like them, but what have their actions been, right? Like, what have they actually done? And it's like, oh, they actually haven't done terrible things, or oh, they've done terrible things, yeah. right? Like, so, to your point, dude, yeah, I mean, you just gotta. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's my Here, let me let me go. Yeah, let me yeah, go. go ahead. You know, again, as I again, I'm repeating myself all the time, but like, I'm a very, I think I'm an extremely loyal person. I think that's what's uh, how I view things. I, I believe in loyalty and <clears throat> trust and friendship and solitude. And I think for, again, for people who know me, you know, I can be very tough on the edge. And I think for, a part of that comes from I'm very protective of my friends. 
You know, why is that? I didn't grow up with a lot. And so when I did get some, I was like, I'm going to hold on super tight. I'm going to do everything I can to help them out, you know, and to not let like people treat them bad and stuff like that. And then, you know, I think I got in college and it was like making friends was so much easier. And then it was like, next thing you know, I have like 20 friends. And then it's like, how do I manage this? And then there's new people coming in and it's like, well, I don't know you. You're friends with my friend, but I don't know you. I need time to yeah. let you in. And yeah. I think maybe it's because, sorry, I keep going back. I think it's because, you know, maybe they're a little more open to being friends sooner and I wasn't. So I came off as a dick because it's like, it's not that like, if you're not my friend, fuck you, but you know. You just need time to open up to people. You just need time. Yeah. But I think a lot of people. That comes from your environment, right? Yeah. You had to learn to not be as open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, because like I was, I was at the bottom of the pile in the social stratosphere. So it was like. There's a lot of situations where I would I'd be that kid trying to talk to people and I was not even get a no. It was just a, you're not even here. So, yeah. you know, I mean, but philosophy speaking, like I'm big on friendship, loyalty, trust, ride or die for the squad. You know, it's funny as you want to make people want to make fun of Fast and the Furious. I really do. In all seriousness, believe in the whole family thing. With Donald Toretto, yeah. not from like a funny standpoint. But, well, it's funny, but it is also true. Yeah. Yeah. We can appreciate that. Yeah, there, okay. I really want to come back real quick to yeah, earlier when shoot. you're talking about um, waiting for that big moment. Yeah. Something that I think religiously, but even spiritually, you can talk about was, um, you know, some of my parents taught me is like, God isn't going to strike you with a lightning bolt to tell you to do something. But if you want to think about it in a more spiritual sense, the universe isn't just going to like, like, they're not going to just throw a fucking meatball to you yeah right all the time it's gonna be little things it's not gonna land at your doorstep yeah like the little things for example when i went to the university of oregon and i was trying to decide between them and colorado it's like i got to uo and they're on 13th street and i'm like okay i can't ignore that for people i know i have a weird superstition around that but i really love the number 13 it's like been my number and people who are into astrology and numer numbers and all that shit you guys can i guess analyze me for that but Basically, I feel like 13 is the number that I really favor. So knowing that UO was on 13th Street was, in my interpretation, universe saying, hey, pay attention, you should come here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like, it's just, it's not going to strike you with a lightning bolt, right? It's going to hit you with some little things here and there that you got to be able to perceive and interpret. But and that's why Eddie's ahead of me, because I don't pick up on that type of stuff. I That's where, that's where I get so frustrated in my own journey. It's like, I'm the type of, I need it. I need it slammed in my face. Like I'm just like that as a person. I need it very black and white. Put it in my face. Like do this, you know. And it makes it very hard to interpret life in some aspects, especially in trying to find purpose and find your calling and stuff like that, you know. But that's that's definitely one of my big struggles I've been really working on recently and trying to just do a better job of accepting things and really trying to push forward from there. Yeah. But, I was going to answer the other question. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I got you. So what I, when you were talking about what makes you, yeah, view the part and standing up for your, the behaviors, right? Yeah. I think coming back to when we talk about inspiration is like you find stuff that you reson that resonates with you, that you internalize. Yeah. And that's like the maybe more philosophical approach or the, studying the concept of inspiration itself but if yeah. you want to take it in the context of what we were talking about before about genetics is that could also probably be taken as something happens 
that causes your gene to be expressed in a certain way. So then those behaviors follow. Mm. Now, humans, those that don't know, have a large prefrontal cortex in front of your brain, which allows you to make um, decisive decisions, plan ahead, all those things, um, and give us a large advantage over other animals. And so that's that point part of your brain, which could override those, the hate, the fear, the love, whatever, to make certain decisions. Yeah. So I think that's where it's like an interesting thing where we might internalize certain experiences that become core to us. So this kindness idea is I grew up in a family that was very supportive and always had each other's back. Yeah. And I learned about kindness, especially from my aunt who like just has endless, endless amounts of kindness and care to go around. So I internalized those experiences growing up and those became just very core components of myself. So if there's a kindness gene, which I don't, I don't know. You say there's there's a, there is. I guess you could say there is, I know there's like, humans are built in such a way where we understand that there's social things that we need to do in order to stay within the tribe because you don't want to be excommunicated basically or you don't want to be alone so i think from that perspective yeah there could be kindness genes so that just became core parts of me yeah. because of my environment yeah yeah that's i mean yeah nature versus nature it's the, it's in the age-old de- you know debate on how some kids unfortunately grow up in horrible households yeah one becomes the nicest just greatest person you'll ever meet and the other unfortunately continues continue the cycle. cycle yeah and it's like people don't understand you know same life you know yeah. it's, it's a fascinating thing it, it really is. is but as we move forward i think we're talking i want to see where where do you think your philosophy as a person is going to take you like maybe projecting because you know as you talked about you're definitely on this you're a kind person you know you demonstrate leadership qualities. Like, I'm curious, like, obviously I feel like I know where you're going to end up in the NFL, being the head coach of the Raiders one day, you know, but it's like, you know, for me, you know, it's like, I believe in loyalty very strongly. So I think wherever I do get my first job, I think I'll have a hard time like leaving because I would feel like a true loyalty. And like, I think like relationships, good or bad, I have a hard time letting things go because Again, just extremely loyal person. Yeah. Um. To that point, I do believe in loyalty, but I think I've learned that if you don't show loyalty to me, then why am I going to do it back? Yeah. Um. So I think to that point, maybe that's something to think about going yeah. forward. Um. So I think where's that going to lead me? You know, I've thought about it before. We've had conversations with uh, Coach K. Yeah. And he and I have talked about in depth about like some of the ways that we saw Oregon recruiters sell things to athletes. Oh man, let's, let's dive into that. And it's like, dude, I am too, I value honor and I value accountability and responsibility too much to ever try to sell things the way that they did or the way that other D1 or schools do. And he agreed. And I'm like, dude, that, that does make it hard. But then you get someone like Dan Lanning. He doesn't sell snake oil, right? Yeah. He sells, I'm going to coach you. We're going to fucking go to work. Yeah. I mean, I think the philosophical, whatever you want to call it, the important way of saying authenticity is so, it's so rare, dude. You would think it's like, like, I remember thinking everybody acts who they really are. And it's so false. No, man. How many grown men have we seen? Two-faced motherfuckers. Two-faced. Sorry. Language, but yeah, mother, yeah. You know, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, their parents, you know, we had a organ coach that coached at FSU at, he left us for FSU. I won't say who he is. You can Google and figure it out. He, I'll never forget, uh, he, you know, he's a public coach, Troy Dye. 
but he came in he was so mad because this he was like coach came into my family's home and told me he was going to be here until i was at least a senior and graduated yeah. and he left after a year yeah and i was just like how can you lie to someone's family in the face like that especially in the environment of coaching you yeah you how have to build trust promise that if you're not going to at least try to make that happen well and i don't know if it's considered philosophical but i grew up with the term word is bond yeah you have to stick to your word yeah it's a concept you know and so it's like you're only as good as your word and it's like if your word's no good how can i how can i trust you you know yeah and that's something i think um i think i correlate with people that are very authentic because i don't know i can't think of any friends off the top of my head that just have a problem with authenticity like how you act is how you act yeah how bum one acts is how bum one is nobody and, and same with bum two and on and on uh, yeah jb and yeah, everybody yeah, else like i can't think of anybody that's really fake yeah. besides one guy but he's not it's not that he's fake i think he just tries too hard he's a different it's a little different he thing. tries too hard to he's authentic in. he is authentic. he is authentic he is authentic it's just there's only one of him there is a difference i think in wanting to fit in i think that's yeah more wanting to fit anything. in versus actually trying to be that two-faced yeah. seller and knowingly like self-aware enough to know oh, that yeah. you're doing that yeah there's I, a difference. so yeah as we talk about where we're going in life i think authenticity is one of the key. big things yeah it's a, key. it's a pillar yeah it is and, it encapsulates and i've written a couple of times about that in my master program it encapsulates in my opinion i know it sounds stupid to say honor but like there has to be a code, man. There has, has, to, be there has code. to be a line. And that was something that, like, my mentor in high school, you know, him being an ex-Marine, like, just, like, you're going to do this, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that whole concept of you're going to be about it, then go be about it kind of thing, and being honorable and doing the right thing and being a coach and just having that honor and stuff like that. But I think authenticity encapsulates all that. If you're an authentic yeah. person, you're going to be responsible and honorable and yeah. accountable and stuff like that. Yeah. But those are also life skills that you have to learn. And I was looking at the definition of philosophy, it's like, the study of fundamental aspects of life, experience, yeah. reality, all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, you know, those are big parts of it. I think how I've thought about it too, because I've struggled with philosophy and what, who I am and all that. I look to my friends. I, I, I truly believe in the saying that your friends are an expression of yourself. Yeah. So there's a Spanish saying about that. Oh, really? Well, it's not just a Spanish saying, but it's like, show me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I use that a lot. And I look at the guys I surround myself with and the people in general and ninety percent very honorable. They do draw the line on things that I agree with, you know. You know, nobody nobody crosses it, you know. Yeah. In the past, I haven't really talked about I'm not gonna say exactly, but yeah. one friend, well ex friend, I will say, that did cross it, had a conversation kinda and it was like all right i guess we're not friends anymore you know because there's just certain things man it's like you know you have to, i think if you have a philosophical difference it's impassable i feel yeah like. it's, it's when it okay but when it comes to like certain things a certain thing yeah sorry yes yeah, yeah. serious thing yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're really talking about affecting people's lives it's a lot different than when yeah, you're talking about nature versus nurture if you have an argument about that and you're not friends anymore probably pretty stupid yeah no i agree yeah it was a it was a relatively serious yeah. topic but yeah. yeah so but yeah moving forward how, how do you think you got your philosophy i mean i know we kind of talked about yeah already i think it's just but do you think growing you, up in a religious household okay and then in a religious community and then going from there and learning more about 
the world from school. And then eventually, yeah, I think Del Sal being what it was for me. And we talked, like we talked about with Nathaniel, um, it doing what it did for me from a social point, from a spiritual point, you know, I think it really hammered in that you don't need to be religious to go do the right thing. Um, and I think that's something that unfortunately a lot of quote unquote religious people in the United States don't understand that you cannot be religious and actually know how to do the right thing. Right. And I think that's something that was really powerful that Dale South taught me. Um, so I think that it built that foundation along with my parents and what they've always talked about the stuff, the rules they gave me and explaining why they had these rules. Right. And then college taking psychology and economics too, but psychology, a lot of the classes I took and then meeting so many people, I think slowly developed me into looking at the world from those perspectives and being able to analyze it from those yeah, experiences and stuff like that. Yeah. I definitely think for me, like grew up on television, oh, on television you're right. Stories, Luckily, watched stories. a lot of Power Rangers, which gave me a great moral. It was like, yeah, whatever. But it gave me a lot of ideas on what right and wrong was. Right. And obviously, I, I grew up in technically a religious household. But church for me was so hypocritical that I just had a really hard time taking... Cynical a bit, right? There's yeah. another episode. We'll talk about Bryce's religious experience. Um, but yeah, it was just really hard for me to take a lot to heart and to really want to make that my base. Now I'll stay on the fact that I do believe in like Jesus Christ and like I fought, try to follow him, but the the religion of Christianity is really tough. Yeah, the dogmatic pieces of it, right? Yeah, yeah the church and all that. Yeah. yeah, and the individuals that run it. Apparently. Yeah. Um, but back to my point, I think um, life experiences. I think I just saw a lot as a kid, and it really, I think even as a young kid, I was like, yes and no. This is what I don't. I know I don't want in life. This is what I know I do want you know yeah and then obviously just growing up with great people i mean to say i was the same person today versus a kid freshman year i mean i feel like i've changed a ton for the better being around better people i think it's helped me a ton having a very supportive community in college helped me a ton so yeah but yeah i agree yeah, yeah. all right so last of the kind of questions like this what do you think your purpose i know it's not per se feels like but would you just guesstimate yeah i mean i think eventually like i talked about before but ikigai and finding meaning and accomplishment which was one of our first like 10 episodes something that you guys want to check that out it was a good one um it's this concept of like finding things that just resonate with you that you're willing to take forward even just the inspiration piece so i think what's my purpose i think it's just to teach and coach and pass on what i know yeah period and then enjoy life too i mean i think Something I've come to think more about, especially in conversations, and I'll, and I'll give it to you after this, is like a conversation I had with my uncle on Thanksgiving, which I've talked about before, where he was talking about how, you know, a lot of millennials and Gen Zs are having trouble trying to get them to work and to work in certain ways. And I'm like, yeah, no, I get that. Like, I know that there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of genuine issues and a lot of non-issues that are made up, like the whole ghost quitting and all that shit and ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's some stupid shit. I do think there's some lack of hard work and stuff like that, but when you want to look at whose fault that is, Man, where are they the learning kids. that? Where are they learning that? The kids. Where are they learning that? Oh, the parents in their communities. Yeah. It's like the whole participation trophies thing blows my no, mind. We didn't ask for that. Yeah, so for you to blame us for that, even though we grew up with that, it's like, bro, I didn't never ask for participation mm -hmm. trophy. I was content to win. That was games. you guys. Yeah, that was you guys. So I think from that perspective, it's like, look, I didn't ask to be born. You know? Yeah. 
philosophy has debated, Christianity has debated, religions have debated, like, where did we come from before this, right? Like, I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. And because, from what I can tell, I didn't really ask to be here, at least this consciousness of myself didn't ask to be here. Why is it that I have to go fucking do all this bullshit just to live my life? So I want to enjoy my life. I want to find the things I want to do and kind of live there. And I think that's something that a lot of our generation and younger are starting to get to with the way that U.S. has kind of been going yeah, economically. But yeah, it's definitely a direction I'd say we're headed quickly. Yeah. So purpose-wise, I want to teach, want to coach, help people open their eyes to like positive psychology and psychology and how helpful it can be to building good life. So yeah, I think on a selfish level, I just want to be happy, man. Yeah. You know, on a not so selfish level, I definitely agree with a service of some sort. I, as we've talked about, I struggle with kids, so it's like, I don't know coaching per se, and I love soccer, but I don't know if I really want to coach it either. Um, I don't know, some sort of service, though. I, yeah. I'm not sure yet, but I'm definitely drawn to something like that. And I think there's a lot of ways to help and serve people, so yeah, definitely a lot of opportunities. But as we move to the next portion of this episode, Bums, we're going to we're gonna be hitting some uh, the most popular and... Uh, Per se, hard hitting. Um, Did you look those up? Yeah. That way? Okay. Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start answering philosophical questions. So, the first one, Eddie, are you currently dreaming, and how do you know? Yeah. So this one I wrote. I wrote underneath there. Oh. Um, we can for those that don't know, Wheel of Time. There's a whole culture in there that's based off of um, the Irish mixed with the Zulu and West African or East African um, civilizations, well, not even just East African, based off primarily Zulu, but a lot of those cultures. And who else? They could probably a few other Native American things like that. And so he built like this huge culture and it's definitely looked upon as one of the coolest and most in-depth complex fantasy slash sci-fi societies. And one of the things is they believe that when you're alive, you're just dreaming. Mm. And so when you die, you they view it as you wake up from the dream. Fascinating. Yeah. So I always thought that was really interesting. So I think for me, do I think I'm dreaming? No. Do I think we're in some kind of uh, simulation? Simulation. Oh, man. I don't that, think we're in a simulation. That's the funniest. I swear I didn't start hearing about this like two years ago when people were like, it's a simulation glitching, man. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, the Matrix. I'd never <laughs> seen that. But I'd never seen the Matrix till like last year. And I was like, I was so confused all the time. And it's like, okay, so essentially we're all in these little computers or something like that, or we're in a video game, people are controlling this. If that's the case, I'm gonna have to beat up my uh my player because there's some things I've got issues with. But um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't think, I think we're dreaming. I think how do we really know? Probably because things don't make sense. I can kind of understand why like they might want to think that because I think there's certain universal truths yeah. that exist and things ways that things play out that almost seem pattern wise that like you nice guys finish it. last <laughs> no not, not like that like i don't know i always struggle to give examples but i feel it it's like what like like a universal truth would be what like hate breeds more hate yeah yeah that kind of thing yeah. right and it takes someone to just put their foot down and break the cycle but that exists for poverty that exists for right. for all sex education that exists for all sorts of things yeah. where it takes the one or few people to to put your foot down and say that's enough we're going to change yeah. but those things will continue to happen otherwise because that's like it almost you can almost relate that to newton's first law of motion which is that an object in motion stays in motion unless 
acted upon by an outside force. Same idea. So I think in that way, those are the universal truths I'm getting at. But no, I don't think we're doing it. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Do you think you? Um, no, I don't think I, I actually really agree with you on that. Okay. I was curious. Do you think when you per se go to the afterlife, if you believe in it, do you think you take your personality, or do you think it's like a clean slate and oh, you forget everything? No idea. I thought about. That. I hope to think I bring my personality. Sometimes. I hope I can just find all the both. <laughs> we made. <it. laughs> oh, oh, he didn't. <laughs> Hey, hey, can we work at it? Can we get our boy? <laughs> sorry, sorry, no. But I, I've always wondered that. Like yeah. something I've always like, do you, is it a clean slate? Because you know, you're like you're not perfect as a human. Do you just not take your flaws? Like, yeah. yeah. Who are we without our flaws? You know, it makes us who we are. So I, I'm curious. It's true. I've always wondered that. Yeah. I was also gonna say, there's a lot of jokes that we've made where my response is always, "Well, I guess we'll see each other now." Yeah. <laughs> We should put a poll on here. What's more likely for the bums and where we end up? I'm kind of scared to know the answer because I'm sure some like, of us, yeah. Uh, God bless all the bums because they need it. <laughs> all right. Next question Do memories exist even if you forget them? Yes. Yeah. I don't. Do. I, I, that was an interesting question. Yeah, they do, though. Yeah. They just, Every, you can't access them. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I think we should all just agree that we should start a government program where you just strap a GoPro to like everybody. Just and it's just, it's constantly, I mean, it's like, we're going to take it off when you have sex or what? No, dude, it's 24 7. 24 7 surveillance. There's no. The NSA is watching anyways, so. Yeah, I mean, we're just to make their job easier, bro. You know, save us some tax dollars. It'd probably be cheaper than what they're using. Hey, True. yeah, that's which is why we don't do it, you know, because it's yeah. cheaper, right? <laughs> no, it'd be interesting if you kept that, and then it's like, you know, just one day you're like, oh, I wonder what I was doing on like March 7th when I was like eight years old. You're like, yeah. You're just watching TV for 12 hours. Well, okay. Actually, let me say this. I think a lot of it gets, I think you do lose some of your memories and they will cease to exist. Um, what, you don't think they can't be deeply stored like in your brain? I'm going to get to that. Okay. Because yeah. I think when it comes to things like Alzheimer's or dementia and things like that, there are ways where those memories are genuinely lost, where they cannot retrieve them. But I think it's, it is, a, Joe, if you're listening to this, bro, you might need to hit me up because I don't remember some of the. I'm trying to remember back to some of those classes we took about memory and uh, long-term, short-term. But it's like when they were studying different patients with different brain traumas and injuries, it's like you may not remember who you are, but you might start signing your name still. Or like you might not remember who you are, but like if I didn't remember who I was, but you gave me a football, my procedural memory is still there. My motor memory is still there. What about the guys that – yeah, they wake up from a coma and they speak like two different languages, but not yeah, that part. I don't know. Yeah, and it's that's, like that's crazy. That's where I, I think know. the brain is so fascinating because that's why I I don't really agree that you lose anything. I think it's somehow all stored there. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think the majority, the vast majority of it, gets You're stored in your body. Yeah, but how like, you access it? Yeah, access it is the biggest issue because yeah. if you can't access it, then it's like it's in deep storage. You never because what about people with like it's basically lost? Because what about people with like photographic memory? Like, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, the lost. Yeah, actually, there's a there's a funny story about that in in our undergrad, where this guy has. So a big part of the reason why we're able to lose those memories is because we only have so much space, if you will, per se. Yeah. And we want to be quick thinking individuals and have mental heuristics, which are shortcuts. So we delete those memories. But there's like someone that has that photographic memory, didn't have the ability to parse through that as well. So even though that was cool where he can memorize shit all the time, it was like if he went to the grocery store, he couldn't remember where he parked because he's parked in so many different locations there that he didn't remember which one was yeah. which. 
So unless he parked in the exact same spot every single time. Yeah. He has great. trouble finding his car afterwards. So that's like the downside of being able to access all yeah. your memories like that. Yeah. And I think that's just unfortunately a lack of probably like brain training in order to well, fully for him, could... he had a disability. Like oh, that okay. was different. Like that was a that was a weird. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that what they say? You can all you can only use like ten percent of your. Brain. No, that's completely. It's false. Whoever, okay, sorry, brought it up. It's sorry. Yeah, okay. it's all, all right. right. It's all right. I did the same thing. I told Sam, "Isn't muscle weight way more than fat?" And he was like, "Well, technically, they're the same weight. They're the same weight." I'm like, "Fuck, great." Yeah, it's like the age old saying of what hits first: a hundred pound bowling ball or a hundred pound bag of feathers. Oh, it's just, it's like yeah. they hit at the same time. Yeah, exactly. the same amount yeah. of weight. Yeah, that one got me a lot as a kid. So yeah. it's all right. All right, next one. Does grass feel pain when you step on it? I don't think it has a nervous system or pain receptors. We should go, we should have googled this one. <laughs> Let me look it up right now. Dude, I'm sorry. I, I, this was like the number four most popular question when I googled it. Dude, if it is, what do you want me to do about it? I mean, I'm all for being like a good person, but like, there's grass everywhere. Yes. Okay. Technically. Plants and other things don't really feel pain because they don't have a brain nor central nervous system. So okay. it's not really right. now they might like for those that don't know it, like chili was meant for plants to dissuade <laughs> fucking animals from eating their shit. Mm. So like when you talk about certain plants that are able to release things like that, chemicals or otherwise, like you can almost make an argument that that's their version of pain. Pain. But I mean, at the I end of the day, it's grass. It's not, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, sorry. they have no central nervous system like we do. They can't feel pain. I, I'm sorry, grass. I've done horrible things to you. Stepped on you. Let my dogs do horrible things. I, I apologize. My dogs do horrible things. Dude, they've done some bad things to grass. <laughs> That's too funny. All right, moving forward. Would it be ethical or unethical or neutral if time travel was possible? Dude. Bro, here we go. This is how we're going to end the episode. Yeah, but like that's like the, the argument of like, is it? Endgame rules is it back to the future rules? There's no right. rules. It's time travel, my guy. No, but I'm saying like, yeah. what would actually happen what if we were to time travel? Would we um, create an alternate dimension that would exist? Which which scenario do you want to play by? Because there's a lot. I mean, do you want to go back to the future and tell? I me? think both of them are pretty. Like both of them carry their own risks. So like, if it's back to the future, have well, you ever seen the butterfly flick with Ashton Kutcher? Yes. Good yeah. God, that traumatized me as a kid. That's what I'm saying. Um, like that concept. So let's if we focus on back to the future butterfly effect first, yeah, right? Let's do. It. If you go back in time and I stop 9-11 from happening, mm -hmm. what happens what's after? Happened after? Yeah. Do we not go to war in Iraq? Do we not? No, we still go to war in Iraq. That was okay, a is it a different reason to go to war in Iraq? Right? Is it a worse reason? Right? Is it they don't really have a good way of doing it other than... I think you're asking, do we go to Afghanistan? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. went to Afghanistan for... No, we went to Iraq for some oil and WNMDs. So it's like, you know, that's, I think, where you get into those situations. What kind of lives are you altering when you do that? Right. No, but at the same time, it's like, do, and just in that series, do they, since they failed then, and nobody cares about the TSA, do they try again? Do they, you know, they're like, okay, this is what we failed, let's learn from it, yada, yada. And it's like, in seriousness, how do you stop, in just being specific, that event? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, maybe hard. it was a uh, canon event. Yeah, it was a canon. Oh, gosh. You said across the spider versus canon events. Canon events, yeah. Let's let's even use that. You know, we're walking down the street. We pull pull back to like 2001. We see uh, Uncle Ben walking shirt, shoving him back in the car. Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't go home. Go I'll home. I'll drive him home next. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like, does Spider Man really become Spider Man? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that's a tough one because it's like internalized. I think Peter Parker always had what it took to be Spider Man, 
I hate to think that he needed to see his uncle die in front of him and, and utter the greatest, yeah, the greatest line in superheroes of yeah. great power comes great responsibility. Because he, he, Peter was a douchebag. I want to get, he was a bit of a douchebag how he was using his powers. He was using it for money to get a car to yeah, impress Yeah, that was true initially, yeah. At least in that Spider-Man, yeah. And he was acting like a jerk to his aunt. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about this in another episode. Yeah, we do want to do deep dive on Spider-Man. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I, I think that's an yeah. interesting candidate. Um, shout out to the movie for also showing that and reuniting some childhood trauma seeing the death. Have you seen, you've seen it, right? What? The Spider-Man, the second one? Yeah, yeah. They, they showed the scene where oh, he's dying. Right. They showed that scene. They oh, showed like, uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Bro, I was like in tears yeah. a little bit. But back to it. I mean, time travel. Oh man, do you always change good things? It's like, what do you, what happens when you go back and you give an M16 to the founding fathers? It's like, bro, America's conquering the world. I mean, uh, yeah. Do you think George Washington has a heart attack when he told him to stay out of fucking Europe and we didn't? Yeah, yeah. Are you showing what a hydrogen bomb is? It's just like. What have we done? Yeah. That's where it's like, I don't particularly, I'm neutral towards Joe Rogan on some things. But when he's like, when aliens fly over, all they see is a bunch of hairless apes playing around with explosions. And I couldn't agree more with him. <laughs> Shit's so funny to think about. Yeah. But time travel, What what's like off the top of your head? What's like one thing, not serious, that you would go back and like play around with? You don't have to change. You're going to go play around with. Here, I'll go. I'll go. I'll give you a dumb one. I, I'll go. I'm going back to um, when we played Auburn in the national championship, and I'm gonna go punch the red. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something to prove that Dyer was down for all of Duck fandom because we win that game. Or I'm gonna give the Anthony Thomas a, a huge talk about how to block, you know. Or I'm gonna grab Marcus Murray and put him in at quarterback because he would win us in the or I'm gonna stop Darren Carrington from smoking. <laughs> that's that's what like my mind goes. Uh, no, the, one of the first take the Raiders and you're like Tom Brady, come here. You you tell call the Raiders. You have to take him no matter what. I'd be like Charles on play whatever. When you go for a corner blitz, I need you to take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, not just punch it out. <laughs> take it out of his hands. <laughs> And it would be the same with the <laughs> Um, No, I think one of the ones that came up that was actually kind of semi-serious was I wanted to go back to when, for those that don't know, when Constantine was Empire, Emperor of Rome, he fought at this place called the Battle of Milvian Bridge. And basically, he saw this sign of a cross in the sky and was like, this is a time when Christianity was huge. No, it was growing. In Rome, but Rome was still fighting it because they were they were still polytheistic, polytheistic, and basically he was like, "Man, if I win this battle against, because it's like a civil war, kind of, you know, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna make Christianity the um, governing religion of Rome," and so he won, and so I've always wondered what he saw, and what if I told him that. It was aliens or some shit, or like it was mm. it was like Zeus or something playing with his mind. What would have mm. happened, dude? Where would Christianity be if that didn't happen? It's an interesting thought. I would go back to sitting at the the, the table of the twelve wise men. I, I I pulled Judas to the side and be like, "Come talk to me, buddy. <laughs> we got problems here. Big on loyalty. Big on loyalty. Big on loyalty. <laughs> Can't be snatching. I'd be like, 
let's not kill Jesus. Like, has anybody thought of that? Like, and I bring a GoPro. <laughs> like, I got to get this on camera. And like, probably bring two because someone be like, fake news. This isn't real. <laughs> um, no, but if we talk about like the end game, even like it's the same laws as DBZ. For those that have seen when Trunks travels back in time. Yeah. Because Trunks' timeline got skewed. But he's able to travel back before it got skewed. And then allow that timeline to actually go the right way by saving Goku from the heart virus so right. that they could actually defeat the androids. Um, and I think when you do that, like, think about in Super. Endgame, when they go to the one timeline where they get the, the uh, they try to steal the uh, one? Tesseract, yes, the Space Stone, and the Mind Stone, and they fuck up by losing the Space Stone, and Loki gets away. Yeah, I'm That universe now doesn't have one of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. And in that universe, they think Cap is knows about Hydra and is in Hydra. Yeah. You just fucked up a whole ass timeline by doing that. Yeah, but then you get into ethical questions. How is important is your timeline? And right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I can't answer all that, man. That's too much even for a philosophical Yeah, episode. but it's my timeline, and I yeah. want to make sure it goes a certain way, but I don't want to do it at the expense of a whole other timeline, which Wanda tried to do in Multiverse of Madness, right. which is another great... Well, an old, right. old saying I was once told, it's, a, it's always better to be the fucker than be fucked. So uh, take that with a grain of salt, of course, but in in life... Historically speaking, I would agree, yes. Yeah, you always... Because you can always be nice, but you never know if the other person will. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Shout out our boy, Taylor as well. Low-key goat. Yeah, shot and still and stuff. But hey, bums, this is uh this has been the end of the episode. You know, um, sorry we got a little off the tangent per se, but we just wanted to have fun with some of those questions. Um, I'm sure this is something we'll tackle again later on. You know, like most topics, because we grow, life happens, new things come up. But hey, this has been Strong with the Bums. Please check out our website, strongwithbums.com. Please check out our Instagram and hit us up at. T-H-E underscore, oh my gosh. T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S. Please hit us in the comments. What would you change? What would what event would you change in the past? If it's super, if it's not okay, we will DM you personally and talk about that, but not on the actual page. We'll see you bums later. Have a good one. Adios.